Hey, everyone. <laughs> My name's Jan, if you don't know me. It's been great to spend Sunday night with you, Queen's birthday weekend. Fantastic. I want to give out a challenge tonight. Are you ready for it? I'm going to give out a challenge whether you're ready for it or not. <laughs> I am going to give out a challenge tonight, and the challenge is going to be predominantly for the young people. However, if you are 30 or older, you know, around my age and older, <laughs> or a little bit older than that and older, <laughs> then it's also for us as well. So you don't switch off. Don't switch off because I need to take up this challenge too. All ages need to take up this challenge but it's predominantly, I'm predominantly speaking to the young people tonight. This challenge I'm putting out is actually from God, okay? I want you to stick with me, stay with me. It's an invitation for response tonight. And that was fantastic, Gems. Gems, wherever you are, great, fantastic communion message tonight. What is our response to God's love what is our response to his love? I read this quote from a staff pastor at Life.Church. You know, the church that put out version. How many of you have got version on your device? Yes, well, I've got it too. And I read a quote from one of the staff pastors there. He, he put, my relationship with Christ and people isn't about abstaining from the wrong things, but about pursuing and clinging to the right things. I like that. I reckon that's a great response to his love, a fantastic response to his love, is pursuing and clinging to the right things. You know, I was talking to, to James before, and we were talking about, you know, what are you cheering on around communion, and what am I cheering on? And, I, and, and she said she was going into Romans, as she read out from Romans, and, um, and then, so I'd, I've also got from Romans here, so if, maybe you want to read Romans, because Romans is fantastic. Romans chapter 6, I've got, she was reading from Romans chapter 8, but I'm also going to share some of that too. Romans chapter 6, and she was like, oh my goodness, I want to share that too. But she didn't have enough time, so I get to share it. Isn't that great? Great team. So Romans chapter 6, 1 and 2, it says this, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show can show us more and more of his wonderful grace, you know, because grace is poured out for us, right? Because Jesus died, took our place on that cross. So should we keep on sinning? And it says, of course not. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And it goes on in verses 10, verses 10 to 12. It says, when Jesus died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also, also, so I also, should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Goes on to say, instead, give yourselves 
completely to God. That's a great response to his love, isn't it? Give yourselves completely to God. And then it goes on to say, I'm not going to read it all, it goes on to say near the end of chapter 6, now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So we we have grace poured out for us because of Jesus dying on that cross. But we don't keep on sinning. Yes, like Jim said, yes, we may stuff up from time to time. We may slip up. But we, do we do it deliberately? Of course not. Of course not. Now you do those things to lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Romans 8 verse 14 goes on to say, Be led by the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Are you a child of God? Are you in relationship with God? And you're led by the Spirit. Important to be led by the Spirit. Another question for us tonight, and I'm getting, I'm going, I'm going somewhere, so stick with me, okay? I'm going um, to de- declare a prophetic word over the young people soon. So I'm getting there. Stick with me. Another question. Do I have a healthy fear of God? Does my life bring honor and reverence to God? Do I have a healthy fear of him? Does my life bring honor and reverence to him? And I want to just pick up from where Sheridan left off. last. Sun- For those of us that were here last Sunday night, correct me if I, if I put this wrong. I know that you will. <laughs> Very free to do so, aren't you? <laughs> and now, yeah. Okay, so Sheridan mentioned, right, about how G- we often can look at Jesus being our friend. And he sort of said, well, he's not our friend because he is God, and we also need to have the reverence of God. But he is also our friend. And having the balance of that he is our friend, we get to, you know, do, he gets to be with us by his spirit. But we're not to get too chummy in the sense of, hey, mate, you know, anything goes, you know? You know, anything goes. You you can come with me anywhere because you're my mate. But you are also God Almighty. And I honor and I revere you because you are king of kings. You are Lord of lords, and you're my friend. Wow. But there's a reverence there. There's a holy fear, a holy fear. Not a bad fear, but a holy fear, that reverence. Is that, okay? Is that right? So does my life bring honor and reverence to him? Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13 says, Work hard to show... I'm just starting in a little bit. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And even Jesus obeyed God with deep reverence. Even Jesus obeyed his father, with deep reverence. In Philippians 2 verse 8, it says, Jesus humbled himself in obedience. Even Jesus, the Son of God, 
obeyed the Father with deep reverence, the holy fear. He humbled himself in obedience. We've got this saying at Activate, right? Wherever, whenever. Be like Jesus. Jesus gave the example of obeying the Father with a reverence, a holy fear. We need to have the same attitude that Jesus had, becoming more and more holy. Romans, going back to Romans, Romans chapter 6, verse 22, it said, I read it before, now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. When we step into relationship with Jesus, then we do those things that make us more and more holy. Yes, we may slip up but not deliberately. We are doing those things out of reverence, holy fear, to become more and more holy. Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, says that talks about God as a jealous God. He's, I, reckon it's, I reckon it's really amazing that he's jealous of like, relationship with me. You know, he's like, he wants me to himself. I mean, that's quite a cool thought, really, isn't it? I like that. No, it's a bit like Caleb wants Jasmine <laughs> all to himself. <laughs> and so he proposed. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it says, Exodus 34, 14, it says, You must worship no other gods for the Lord, whose very name is jealous. His very name is jealous. Is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. He's jealous about his relationship with you. Sheridan spoke this morning from remain, connection, abide. He's jealous for that remaining, hanging out. If you weren't here this morning, I encourage you to look it up on the podcast. It should be out from Tuesday onwards and listen to it. Remaining, hanging out with him, connection. He's jealous for that to have it just with you, you know? And I was thinking, you know, when I, I said yes to Sheridan, I stepped into the marriage covenant relationship with Sheridan. And so I don't, on the side, go out with some of my ex-boyfriends <laughs> and go, oh, well, I'm busy tonight, Sheridan. I'm going out with, you know, I mean, we're friends, you know, we've been friends for a while. He's taken me on a date, and so I thought it would be nice, and you haven't taken me on a date for a while. And, and <laughs> But that would be pretty nasty, eh? Nasty. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Because I'm in this marriage covenant with Sheridan. And that, so that's the same when we're in that relationship with Father God. You know, that talks about that we are his bride. We're the bride of Christ. We're his bride. And so anything that we, and this is a challenging one, because anything that we might put above him or like date on the side is actually, you know, he, God says, I'm jealous. I want you to myself. I want you to myself. I want to be number one. I want you to myself in this marriage relationship. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there. You're still with me. I'm just going to add in there 
Proverbs 18.21 because I just want to get that in there. It's one of my passion points. Power of our tongue. Power in our tongue holds life and death. In our tongue, we frame our world by the words that we speak. Or even think, actually. I want to put it out there in the, in the bit of becoming more and more holy and honouring him with holy fear, revering him, watching what we are speaking from our mouth. Our mouth can give honour, can glorify God. It can also be the little bits on the side. We need to be careful about how we glorify God with this tongue and reflect him, reflect him by the words that we speak. Give glory to him by the words that we speak. That's a little side one. Uh, another quote, it's actually from another U version. I'll just give it another plug there. Another, another um, some person, I'm not too sure if this one's on, this person's on staff, but anyway, someone else from life.church says that spiritual growth is not an event, activity, or even a goal. It is a lifelong process fueled by God's love and our response. I like that. Fueled by God's love and our response to him. Again, it's remaining. Remaining. Connection, as Sheridan said this morning, remaining. And Sheridan gave a couple of great questions this morning. How is my life displaying fruit? From remaining with him, hanging out with him. How is my connection with God? How is it? Okay. In February... Dr. Michael Maiden was here. Who was here when Dr. Michael Maiden came and spoke here to us as a church? A few of us were here. I want to, um, I have written down the words that he has prophesied over the young people in this church, over the young people in this city, over the young people in our nation of New Zealand. And so I want to declare this is a prophetic word to the young people, and he was specifically speaking to 30 and under. And I tried to sort of get in there, but I was excluded. But anyway, I'm going to take this up because I'm, I want to, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm, I must be a role model, right? Because I'm older, you know, so if, if you're older, maybe, you know, well, I'm supposed to be a role model well, anyway. So I'm going to take this up as well. So listen, listen to what God said through Dr. Michael Maiden. He said, I see a great youth awakening, a youth revival happening in New Zealand. I see an awakening of the young people in New Zealand. In this next six months, a stirring of the young people of this nation. Are you feeling stirred, young people? I see a young people called for such a time as this. Anointed, chosen, predestined, selected, have great things for them. God's an appointed a destiny that no one can take for these young people. 
He said, I see leaders, examples, prayer warriors, worshippers, lovers of Jesus. I see cultural architects. Oh, I love that one. Cultural architects. I see wisdom beyond their age. Discernment from your spirit. Favor no man can stop. Open doors that no one can shut. Light the path, and then he was saying, light the path of purpose so clearly before them so that they march forward boldly and courageously into destiny. He said, I command hopelessness to leave. I, can, I break the grip of depression and discouragement. And then he said, loosen the fire of your spirit to burn in their hearts. May the young people dream about the dreams of God and the things that they'll do in their life in this nation and the nations of the world. I say yes and amen. Is anyone with me? Is anyone burning in their spirit right now? Because God Almighty is speaking to the 30-year-olds and under to say, rise up. To say, rise up. He's calling the young people to rise up, to become more and more like him, to become more and more holy, to pursue and cling to the things of him, to be worshippers, lovers of Jesus. Hebrews 11 is powerful. Talks about many people who have gone before us, people like you and I. And it says, by faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. By faith, they did this. By faith. And we could, we could add our names in there, right? By faith, by faith, by faith. They're strong people, yet they are ordinary. They are people just like us. Strong people in their faith, with their faith in God. Not settling for half. Not settling for being lukewarm. They rose up. Verses 33 and 34 says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 33 and 34. It says, By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put Whole armies to flight. This is what the young people of New Zealand can have written about them. Amen? I believe it. I believe it. All, he, all it takes is a yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hebrews 12 carries on from there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, these are the ones that have gone before us by faith, by faith, by faith. They've gone before us. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on 
Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. If we remain, if we stay in connection like Sheridan spoken to this morning, if we remain, abide with him, step into it, arise up, if we do that, we cannot be mediocre. I'm telling you, it's impossible. If we remain in a relationship with Almighty God, if we pursue and cling to the things of him, We cannot be mediocre. He has not called us to be mediocre. I want to encourage, particularly the young people, but us all, because I'm encouraging me too, and some of you don't call me young. I want to encourage us, don't settle for being, whether you're Kiwi or whether you call whatever nationality or whatever you call yourself, don't settle for being armed. I'm Kiwi. But call yourself a son or a daughter of Almighty God, the living God. And I want to encourage us to be, it says there's an awakening, step into an awakening. I want to encourage us to actually step in, step into it by faith. By faith, I'm going to pursue. By faith, I'm going to cling to the things of God. By faith, I'm not going to settle for lukewarm. By faith, I'm going to rise up with him, but I'm going to pursue. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the living God. I'm going to step into the awakening. It takes a decision. Will you say yes? God is putting the call out. And I feel like he's just like he's wanting to remind us tonight. Young people, church, Will you respond? Will you respond? I get the picture. This is the picture that I I saw. I saw a young people, a group of young people. I saw them getting changed. I don't. I wasn't like in the changing room. Okay, I know where some of you are going. I know. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that, should I? Anyway. Okay. I see you getting changed, but I don't see the changing bit, okay? I see you putting camo on, okay? You've all got your camo on. Kaylin probably knows what it is to have camo on. I don't know. Well, the uniform, you know? You're not given, in the natural, right? You're not given uniform. You're not handed your uniform until you sign up. You've got to sign up first, and then you're handed your uniform, And so that's what I saw. I saw there's got to be the signing up first. There's got to be the response, the heart response of yes, yes, yes. There's a stirring. Yes, there's a stirring within me. I I just want to say yes. Takes the signing up first. Then the uniform is handed and there's a changing into the camo, which means business. I see the young people in camo. It's like a, um, a unity, a unity 
a unity of spirit, a unity of heart. And that's a beautiful, beautiful picture. If you have, if I was to put up on screen there, imagine it, go there, where the army is all in unison. You've got your uniform on, unity of heart, unity of spirit. And then it's like, a, you know, you do your steps together, whatever the steps are, whatever. I don't know. Kylian would tell me how to do it, but <laughs> do you want to come and show us? No, I know you don't. No, I already know you don't. <laughs> anyway, you all know what it looks like. A unity of heart, a unity of spirit. You've got the camo on, you're ready to go. And it's a beautiful picture. It's a picture that can't easily be, you know, you can't miss it. If, right, if there's going to be an army walking down the street up there when we leave here, there's no way we can miss it. Not if they're walking and they're marching in unison, if they've got their pressed uniform on, if they're out there. You know, I mean, they say even in a, a, an army crossing a bridge, if they're walking in unison, well, in unison, apparently they can't. There's bridges that you can't cross on because the power of the marching can actually break a bridge. Isn't that incredible? We can't miss it. That's what I see. A city will not miss it. When a, the young generation with the older generation rise up and say yes, say yes. I see young people who are prepared to sacrifice their rights, prepared to be set apart for God and his purposes. I picture Esther, Esther, Daniel, they set aside their rights, put aside their rights, laid down their life for God Almighty, set apart for him and his purposes, and go and read what took place when they did that. I see young people on display for God's kingdom releasing atmospheres of heaven, releasing faith, hope, love, peace, something our world is crying, starving for. I see young people releasing that, releasing miracles, releasing the miraculous. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth, in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I love that. His eyes are searching for ones who will say yes. And then it says he will strengthen them because they're committed to set their lives apart for him. This is the challenge that I want to put out today that I'm challenged by, as I said before. The challenge of the word of the Lord says there's an awakening, awakening within the young people of New Zealand, a revival, a revival in New Zealand. Are you daring to rise up? Are you daring to respond? Are you daring to say yes? Because with God Almighty, nothing, nothing is impossible. 
nothing is impossible.